Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. Well, good evening, good evening. So it has been an outstanding year, and we are so looking forward to 2022 with you. And so it's just awesome to be able to be here and celebrate Christmas with you, your families, your friends. And we hope today is a great service for, for all of you. I want to take just a moment and um, not just uh, say Merry Christmas, but I also want to say Merry Christmas to all of those who are watching online. If you're hanging out with us tonight, we wish you a Merry Christmas as well. And I also want to just mention that tonight is uh, one of many services that we have all week long. For example, we have Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, then we have two services on Christmas Eve. And I read a statistic this week that said 82% of people would come to a Christmas service if they were invited, 82%, which is, which is staggering, but what's even more staggering is the statistic went on to say only 2% of Christians will bother inviting anybody. And so I just, thought that I would bring up, we have services all week long. If you enjoy this service, if you like this service, if you believe it would speak to someone you know, it's not too late to bring them, to invite them, to encourage them to come. If not here, we have two more in Anderson. So if you know anybody on the east side of Cincinnati, uh, we have our Anderson campus having Christmas Eve there on, on the 24th. So make sure you invite somebody and let's be part of that 2% that invites people to God's house this Christmas. I believe it could be a life-changing thing for many of them. Also, what I have in my hand is a fasting booklet. What this is, is about 89 days ago, I was uh, speaking for a little over that, I was speaking for a friend and he gave me a booklet called 100 Days of Unbroken Prayer. And I took that and I was reading through it and I started to get convicted about how some of my godly habits, specifically prayer, was kind of sporadic. Like I'd pray a couple days and I'd take a day off, pray a couple days. And I think most of us, if we're real with ourselves, we kind of have a, a sporadic, it's not that we don't love God, but we're sporadic in some of our spiritual disciplines. And so I made a decision that I probably needed to try to see if I could make it. Could I go 100 days of unbroken prayer. And so I got out my calendar and I counted out the days and it was exactly 100 days left from the next day if I started praying until December 31st. So I'm on day 89 is my point. But during that time of prayer, I decided for our 21 day fast this year, I wanted to walk the church also through 100 days of unbroken prayer. And so I put this booklet together during the 21 day fast. It will introduce you to the 100 days of unbroken prayer, just the power of godly habits. And so every one of you that come January 2nd, again, next Sunday, we won't be having in-person services online only. January 2nd, we're gonna start for a new year and we're gonna give this to everyone who's there at that service on January 2nd, a free copy of this to help you go through the fast, to help you launch some new godly habits in 2022. And there is something about putting God first. Give God January. If you want 2022 to be different, then you gotta go into it in a different way. And if you'll put God first at the beginning of your year, the Bible says if, if the root is holy, then the branches are holy. Point is, if the beginning of a thing is holy, it will bless the branches. If you're January, that's the root of your year, is holy. It'll bless June and July and August. And so come the second and say, well, if I'm not here the second, can I still get one? We're going to give as many as we've got out. And if there's some left over, you can pick those up on January 9th as well. And so we're going to continue with the service today. We're doing an illustrated message 
that I believe will speak to each and every one of you. And the idea behind this message is just to, just to take a biblical truth and try to bring some relevance to you this Christmas season. And we're going to take an age old story and we're going to connect it to the Christmas story. And I hope it blesses you. So let's get started. So I'm sure you've heard uh, the age-old story about the prodigal, and we're going to look at Luke 15 today. And I told the earlier services that, as you know, if you've been around here at all, I love to read straight from the text and then ask God to speak to us through the text, but I'm getting to the age, I, there's no way I could read what I'm about to read right now in, uh, in this amount of light. So what I'm going to do is, if you want to follow me, I'm going to just kind of walk through the story with you and uh, throughout this service, and you can pull out your Bibles, pull up Luke chapter 15, and you can follow along with me if you would like. And a lot of people would say, well, what does the prodigal story have to do with Christmas? And I would say a big part of the prodigal story is the great extremes the father would go to to let his son know he was welcome home. And Christmas really is all about the extremes that God went to to give us his son so that you and I could know that we're welcome as part of his family, that we're here and maybe you're a lost son or daughter, maybe you're running from God, away from God. I believe that this, this story, this message will speak to you. 
In Luke 15, it mentions there's three different types of lost. It gives us the illustration of these different types of lost through a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. I just think it's important to note that there are different kinds of loss. There are different kinds of loss. Not everybody is lost the same. The lost coin is interesting because it was lost in the house. The woman lost the coin, the Bible says, in the house. The coin was there, it was present, uh, it was in attendance, but it was lost. You can lose your relationship with God and be in church. You can be in church service and somehow lose your closeness in your relationship with the Lord. The Bible actually says in Luke chapter two that this happened with Joseph and Mary of all people. When Jesus was 12 years old. Joseph and Mary had gone to Jerusalem for Passover, this feast, this celebration, this religious holiday, much like what we're celebrating here around Christmas. And they had made their way outside of the city of Jerusalem. They looked around and they had lost Jesus. Imagine, if you will, that you're Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph um, are closer to Jesus than really anybody probably ever was. Mary carried the Son of God in her womb. She was close to him, but the Bible says that Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. They lost that connection that they had. And not only did they lose it, but they lost it for several days. And they, they, it took them several days to even notice that they had lost that relationship with the Lord. Sometimes it takes a little while to find out that we've lost that God connection. What I'm trying to say is this, that the story teaches you, you don't have to be an extravagant sinner to lose your relationship with Jesus, that Mary and Joseph lost Jesus amongst the religious holiday, amongst religious people, amongst the religious activities. And I have all people as a preacher, I've done this pretty much my whole adult life, 25 years now, this is all I've ever done. And what I could tell you is you can be a preacher and lose your relationship with Jesus. You could be a minister, you can be a pastor, you can be a religious leader, you can sing on a worship team, you can be around all of this stuff. And if you're not careful, you can lose your relationship with Jesus. And the bottom line is this Christmas season, amongst all the celebrations that we have going on, I want to challenge you to not lose that closeness, that God connection with Jesus this season. Notice that the, the coin, once again, is lost in the house. I think that this represents someone that's in the house, but maybe they're Love for God has grown cold. Maybe, maybe they're just not excited or zealous or passionate or on fire for the things of God like they once were. Maybe at one point, uh, the things of God, worship services or, or hearing the gospel would warm their heart. But over time, just different things have happened. Different things have got in their way. Things have happened in life. And they're maybe still present. Maybe just the years have wore away. Maybe the disappointments have found their way into disrupting their faith. But they are finding themselves. They're in God's house, but their love for him is cold. Their love for God is not as hot. It's not, it's not boiling like it once was. I think about the pandemic that we've all just gone through as, as a world, as the entire globe is faced with it, but specifically the church has been disrupted in many ways. The whole world has, but church people who would have normally had a consistent church attendance, their attendance has been disrupted. The Bible actually calls attending church a habit, which 
Luke, uh, Hebrews, Luke said in the book of Hebrews that to not forsake the gathering of the saints, which is the habit of many. So attending church is a habit. Not attending church is also a habit. So the devil was so good at introducing this habit-breaking pandemic to God's people. Nothing wrong with that many of you and, and even us, we, we wanted to regard the situation and, and we should have. It was probably wise uh, to be careful, to use to use caution in the midst of that. Uh, whether you like that or not, it probably was the wise thing to do on the front end. I think about how many people, even watching online, they still maybe have health issues or, or maybe they're in the health industry or they're caring for someone that's vulnerable and they should still be taking cautions. But as much as there's that, there's many people that they're healthy, they, they, they go to everything else in the world, they're at games, they're at concerts, they're, they're all over the place where, where people are gathered, but they're not in church like they once were and the pandemic disrupted their habits or maybe they found their way back, but they're sporadic. They're not consistent. They're not faithful like they once were, where they used to be here all the time. Now it's like once every now and then. And, or, or, or maybe they used to serve and they used to jump in and say, what can I do to help and roll their sleeves up? And now they're here, but they're kind of just barely here. And what's happened is you're in the house. You see, the coin was in the house. It was still valuable. It was still of great worth, but it was no longer in circulation. It was just no longer being used. And the Bible says the reason why is dirt had covered that coin. Dirt had covered it so it wasn't used any longer. And that's what happens. Fear hits, worry hits, uh, disappointment hits, bitterness hits, offense hits, maybe an addiction takes over, uh, a bad habit, a wrong relationship. And before you know it, yes, you're of great value to God. You're that coin. You're, you're, you're priceless to God, but you find yourself maybe buried underneath the dirt of life. And so you're not being used like you once were. And so what the, what the woman did is she went and she grabbed a broom and she started sweeping the house. She started cleaning the dirt up. And there she noticed that sparkling coin. Still, there she noticed that thing that was covered in dirt, that thing that was is of value, but was just covered up. All of a sudden, she starts noticing that that dirt, once it was removed, that coin was not only valuable, but could be put back into circulation and use. And that's our prayer is that the Holy Spirit would do that to many of you. It's not that you don't love God. It's not that you, 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 you don't have a relationship with God, but somewhere along the way, maybe you lost the connection that you once had. You pulled back a little bit and, and some things have covered up your usefulness. And I wanna challenge you this Christmas. I wanna challenge you to let the Holy Spirit come and sweep some things up so your home and your family and you as an individual can get on fire for God once again. The second lost thing is the lost sheep. The lost sheep is interesting because it just lost its way by wandering off, by drifting off. There's a difference between, you know, there's a distance between the shepherd and the sheep. There, there, there was a closeness, but, but it's no longer there. See, this wasn't a malicious thing for the sheep. It just got distracted. Maybe it was nibbling and, you know, feeding on the, the, the pasture. And before it knew it, because it wasn't focused, it just found its way uh, slowly but surely drifting further and further away. And somehow, at some point, it looked up and it looked around and the shepherd was nowhere to be found. The flock was no longer to be found. And it looks up and it's confusing because it didn't know how it necessarily got there. It wasn't an intentional thing. It wasn't a focused thing. It just, you know, just sometimes that's what happens in life. We just slowly but surely drift away. And there are a lot of people today who are lost, who 
are, are in the place like the sheep. They've just wandered off a little bit. You see, the sheep didn't want to be lost. It wasn't in its heart to be away from the shepherd. And that's how you know if you're a sheep or not. You know if you're a sheep or not because if you're in a service like this and there's a voice within my voice and you hear our great shepherd Jesus beginning to speak to your heart again and you know that you're afar off, but a sheep immediately says, I don't want to be here. I didn't mean to drift off. This isn't the way I want to live my life. And immediately that sheep wants to get back close with the shepherd. But you know, if somebody else hears it, they don't want to, they don't want to hear about it. They don't care that they've drifted. They don't care where they've gone. But a sheep has in its nature the desire to no longer wonder and to get back. And the third is the lost son. To help me illustrate the story of the lost son, I want you to check out this story about a girl named Amanda, and I'll be back in just a minute. To Amanda, my beautiful daughter. Last week at church, Reverend Alberts was preaching about coming home for Christmas. He was talking about how God is always ready to give us a second chance. And he read that same story that I used to read to you when you were younger. A story about a son who gets angry with his father. Runs away. Loses everything he once loved. Then eventually, the boy realizes what he has lost, and he decides to go home. He's ashamed of what he's done, and when he arrives home, the father is there. The father is waiting for him. But before the boy can even get to the house, the father runs to him and embraces him, and he welcomes him back home. See, there's this famous moment in the story of the prodigal son where he finds himself in the pig pen. In the life of Amanda, it's clear in her story that she's lost and that she's in her own personal pig pen. She's surrounded by the stench and the smell of the wrong decisions that she's made, and she's just like the lost son. You see, the sheep w wandered away, but the son walked away. The son made intentional decisions. He made intentional choices. This was not an accident. The son knew exactly what he was doing, and he said to the father, I want you to give my, me my inheritance. I know I'm not ready. I, I, know, I know I'm not prepared to handle what you're giving me, but I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I, I, I know what I want to do with my life. And the Bible says he went to a foreign country and became a citizen of that foreign country. He made the choice. He said, I'm choosing to live this way. I'm choosing to, to go this way. I don't want to get on the right path. I don't want to head in the right direction. I don't, I don't care nothing about the father's house. I like where I am. I've joined myself to this new world. I've joined myself to these people. I don't want anything to do with that God stuff. I don't want anything to do with that church stuff. 
And that's the difference between the sheep, the lost sheep and the lost son, is the lost sheep wandered away, but the lost son walked away. And so here we see Amanda clearly lost. She's walked away. But it's interesting in the stories that the shepherd was commanded to go and find the lost sheep. But the father never leaves to find the lost son. You see, you can't, you can't find a lost son. You really can't. You can't find a lost daughter. Someone that has intentionally made the choices. They know what they're doing. They know the direction they should be going, but they've made the choice, I'm going this way instead. I'm doing my own thing and I don't care what anybody has to say about it. You can't negotiate with them. You can't give them a spreadsheet full of facts to show them exactly where this is gonna end up, how their life is gonna be. You can't tell them your story about how you made some wrong decisions and it led you into this pig pen of life and that's where they're going. You cannot do anything to find a lost son or daughter. The Bible is clear that in the story, the son had to find himself and sometimes we have to let people find themselves. You see, the Bible says that there in the pig pen, the lost son in Luke 15, it says this statement, he came to himself. And when he came to himself, then he said, I've got to get out of this place. I can't live here. This isn't what I was designed to do. This isn't where I was destined to live. I've got to get back to the father's house. And never did the father go after the son until the son began to take the steps to go back to the father. And the moment the father saw the son, the Bible says from afar off, all he had to do is begin to see in the heart of the son a desire to come back home. And the father came running to the son and he had the robe and he had the ring and he had the shoes and he had everything that he could to give that son to cover the stench of his decisions, to cover the disgrace and the humiliation and the condemnation of his past. The father covered all of that, but the father, first of all, the, the son, first of all, had to take a turn towards the father. The father said, we want to have a party for you. We, we don't want to spend time uh, focused on where you've been. We don't want to spend time rehearsing and nursing and talking about the mistakes you've made. We don't, we don't want to live in that place. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but what I do know is that we've been praying for some of you that you would come to yourself, that you would get back into a place and realize that you weren't born to be a drug addict. You weren't born to live in this kind of a place. You weren't born to be a, an alcoholic. You weren't born to be someone that's living out in the filth of this world. God chose you. You're his son. You're his daughter. He's called you. He's put his hand on you. He's got a purpose for you, but you've got to make the decision. I want to go home. I don't want to live there. I want to go home. I want to find my way back to the father. And Amanda is like the son who walked away. She walked away, but the story doesn't stop there. And let's continue to watch how her story unfolds. The child gets a second chance. The way it's written, it seems like, like even if the son had never come home, the father would still have been waiting. That's how much he loved his child. I've been thinking a lot about this story lately. I don't know everything that's been going on these last few years. I know that you've been let down by others. I know that working three jobs was exhausting. I know that being a single mother was a huge responsibility. You may have felt like you were doing the best thing for Will when you left. I'm sure there's a lot more that I don't know. 
lot of pain and hurt, the pressure that you're feeling. I don't claim to understand it all, but I do know that I miss my daughter. And so does your little one, and so does your mother. like the walls are caving in Sometimes I feel like giving up But I just can't It isn't in my blood Laying on the bathroom floor Feeling nothing I'm overwhelmed and insecure Give me something I could take to ease my mind slowly Just have a drink and you'll feel better Just take her home and you'll feel better you're telling me that it gets better Does it ever And help me It's like the walls are caving in Sometimes I feel like giving up No medicine is strong enough Someone help me I'm crawling in my skin Sometimes I feel like giving up, but I just can't. It isn't in my blood. It isn't in my blood. And help me. It's like the walls are caving in. Sometimes I feel like. See, the story of Amanda, just like with a prodigal son, what it teaches us is you can start bad and end good. You, you, you can start messed up, but you don't have to stay that way. Maybe your life hasn't started out the way you thought, or maybe it hasn't looked the way you hoped it would. Maybe, I don't know, your family, maybe your dreams. Maybe it was the way you were raised. Maybe you weren't raised in a good home. Maybe, maybe you started out decently, but maybe somewhere along the way disappointed you. I don't know, maybe even in church, maybe you tried that God stuff and you met some Christians that let you down or disappointed you, or maybe you felt like they were harsh or self-righteous or not authentic. And you just said, I don't want anything to do with that, that church stuff. And you let someone's hypocrisy push you away from your heavenly father. And I just came 
with a word this Christmas for so many of you, and that is you can start bad and end good. You really can make a decision. That's what the story proves. The book of Haggai actually says this, that, that the latter glory of your house can be greater than the former glory. The point is, is it doesn't matter what your start is. It doesn't mean that it's over for you. The end of a thing can be greater than the beginning of a thing is what the scripture teaches you. And just, so just because you, you're looking at your life and you're like, man, it just, it's been this, it's been a wreck, it's been filled with, with wrong decisions. Listen, it doesn't really matter how you started. What matters is are, how are you gonna finish? Where are you gonna go from this point on? What, what's your next step after tonight? What's your next step? How's 2022 gonna look for you? I, forget about 2021, how's 2022? gonna look for you and gonna look for your family. I understand that you grew up maybe around addiction, but that doesn't have to have a grip on your life. That doesn't have to control the rest of your life. You don't have to stay that way. Again, just because you've had a bad start doesn't mean you have to have a bad ending. I think about this boy in the story, and the truth is he made some decisions, took his life in a wrong direction, but notice he came to his senses. He came to a place in his life where he said, I know that I'm not destined for this pig pen. I know that there's more for me. I know now he tried it. The world doesn't satisfy the lies, the deception, the, the promised uh, things of this world that will somehow satisfy or complete you. He knows now those things in the end, he's just going to end up empty. He's going to end up dried up, cast aside, pushed aside, left for nothing. And the reason he came to himself was because he knew where real peace was. He knew where real joy was. And he knew that that couldn't be found in the life that he was living. He had to make a decision to come back home. He had to make a decision to say, I'm walking away from the guilt. I'm walking away from the shame. I'm walking away from the condemnation. I'm walking away from the disgrace of my life. And he made a decision. Yeah, it started off bad, but I can come home. It can end good. Maybe you've wondered, come home tonight. Come home this Christmas. Maybe it's been an intentional thing for you. You made a decision, I'm walking away. Listen, make a decision this Christmas to come home. The father never was sent to go get the boy, but the boy took the step towards the father. The boy took a step towards him, and the Bible says when he did, the father came running. If you get any picture of Christmas, I hope that's the picture you'll get, that you have a God in heaven, that if you'll just take one step towards him, he'll see you no matter how far off you are, and he'll come running right to where you are at. The Bible teaches us that Jesus would leave heaven, his home, come to earth, our home, and he would go to that great extreme just so he could simply call you and I home every single year. If we've drifted, he calls us home for Christmas. I want to take this next video, this next part of the film, and I want you to watch it because what you're going to see is that Amanda, yeah, she started off bad, but she can end good if she makes the decision. Let's check it out. I'd like to think that that story from the Bible, the one about the son who got angry with his father, a runaway who lost everything he once loved, but then realizes what he's lost and decides to come home. That that's us. 
me and you. And the day you come home, I'll be there. I'll run out to you and I'll hug you and I'll throw the biggest party that you've ever seen. I would be endlessly happy for you to be home. But I'm afraid it may not happen that way. The cancer has spread to my lungs and, and each day has become more and more difficult to endure. Part of why I'm writing this letter is just to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I might be gone before you return. But I still hope that you do, with or without me. It may not be easy. It may feel like you don't belong anymore. We don't always get the chance to fix all the things that get broken in life. There's a whole world of I'm sorry's that may never get spoken. We may not get to say all the goodbyes. And if I don't get to see your smile again, if I don't get another chance to tell you you're beautiful, if I don't get to be there for Christmas dinner or to wrap the presents with the kids, if I'm not there, then I just want you to know one thing. The story is still true. You'll always be welcome home. Some people will give you a second chance. Some might not. But I know Reverend Alberts was right. God will always give you a second chance. He will always be there ready for you, waiting for you. And I'll do the same as long as I can. And if not, then I hope that you get this letter. Know that I adore you. You will always be my little girl. With love, Dad. can't yet sing but if we sing long enough they might join in with us and this may be a dance that's too heavy for those chains but if we dance long enough well the prisons will open up and this may be a shout that's too fragile lungs can bear but if we shout long enough well the walls might finally fall 
And they may need some help to lift their hands up in the air. But we know that freedom's coming, so we'll sing it all the more. And oh, 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 the redeemed now have a song. We'll sing it all day long until the rest come running home. And oh, 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 all the broken can you hear? We'll shout it out forever. Can't wait till you make it here. This may be too daring of a prayer to pray out loud. We'll send those orphans home. We've been waiting all day long. Oh, the ringing rope is ready. We can see them coming now. Just like the prodigal. We're gonna meet them in the road. Sing it. Oh, the redeemed now have a song. We'll sing it all day long. Till the rest come running home.
You can stay standing if you'd like. In just a moment, we'll go into our candle lighting part of the service. But before we get there, I want to close this, this story. When you, when you hear the phrase prodigal, many people take that word and they, they connect it to the prodigal son. But really, it's not defined who the prodigal was in the story. The word prodigal means extravagant, means over the top. It means like over the extreme generosity. It means, you know, way too much. You shouldn't be doing that. That's just too far, too much. It's extravagant. It's extreme. There's a book several years ago that came out called The Prodigal God. And what the author began to say in this book was real simple, and that is really the prodigal in the story is the father. It was the father that was extravagant. It was the father that was over the top with generosity. It was the father that went to the great extremes. It was the father who, who almost was reckless in his love for his son. And really, that's the point, is that's what Christmas is all about. The extremes our father in heaven would go to to tell you and I that he would do anything it took to get a hold of his lost sons and daughters. I want you to think about the extreme that God became flesh and the Bible says he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father. I want you to imagine God wrapped in that flesh. And then I want you to follow him from not just the manger, but I want you to follow him all the way to the cross where the Bible would be very clear that he would become sin. He would actually he never knew sin, but he would become sin. I want you to see it like this. The Bible would say that he would be a God that's touched with our infirmities, just simply meaning the reason God became flesh and he dwelt among us is so we couldn't say, God, you don't understand pain. So we can say, God, you don't understand my suffering. God, you don't understand my loneliness. God, you don't understand how I've been hurt. You don't, you don't understand. The Bible says he is a God that was touched with our infirmity. He came and walked where we walk. He came and sit where we sit. So in this place right now, we have a father that was extreme, was extravagant in trying to tell us how much he loves us. His only request is real simple, and that is that you'd come to yourself and just take a step. That's, what, that's all the son had to do, is he just had to take a step on that pathway to get home. That step in is a Bible word we call repentance. Repentance is a big word that scares a lot of people, but it's just real simple. It means you're heading one way and you make a decision. I'm not heading that way no more. I, was, I, I lived my whole life going one way. 2021, I was going one way. Last several years, the last decade, last two decades, the last, what, I was going one way, but I'm not going that way no more. I'm, I'm not living my life like that anymore. And all repentance is, is you making a decision. I'm gonna come to myself I'm not going to head that way any longer, and I'm going to head back to the Father's house. And the Bible says all you have to do is make the decision to turn. That's repentance, and that's all God needs. All God needs, and he comes running, and he comes to meet you right where you're at. He gives you that robe of righteousness. He gives you those, those shoes to help you know what steps to take, decisions to make, to help move you in a new direction. He gives you the ring. He gives you all that you need to know that you are accepted, you are approved, you are his loved sons and his daughters. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, let me ask you that question. Let me ask you, 
do you need to come home this Christmas? Are you afar off from God? Do you, do you relate to the pig pen? Do you relate to maybe have one, you just, you've wandered off. Maybe things aren't horrible on the outside, but on the inside, man, if you're honest with yourself, you've wandered off. Or maybe you walked away. You just made a decision. I'm done. I don't want this God stuff anymore. And you walked away. But this Christmas, God sent me with a clear message for this church and for those who would be here this, this week. Come home. Come home this Christmas. Let's go into 2022 knowing that we're in the Father's house, knowing that we're right with God, knowing that we're at peace with God, knowing that our relationship with him is not something we earn. It's not something you deserve. It's something that's freely given by the Father because he's so extravagant in his love for us. All we have to do is say, okay, yes, I accept it. And if you're here today and you'd say, Marcus, I wanna come home for Christmas. I wanna get right with God. I wanna be at peace with God. You're here today and you say, yes, I wanna receive that extravagant love of the Father. And you would like me to pray for you. On the count of three, I'm gonna ask that you lift your hand. You say, why would I lift my hand? That's a statement of faith. You say, lifting my hand can be a statement of faith. Absolutely. Any response that simply says this is faith. Any response that says this is faith. God, I need you. God, I don't want to live my life without you. Father God, I don't want to go any further without knowing that you're present in my life. He is Emmanuel, the God that is with us. And if that's the cry of your heart, God, I want to be clear that I've been living without a need for you. I've been doing my own thing, but I want to come home. Lifting that hand is just one of those moments where you're saying, God, I need you. I don't want to do one more day in life without you. If that's you, you say, Marcus, would you pray for me? I want to come home this Christmas on the count of three. Lift that hand up as high as you can. One, two, three. Lift it high. Lift it high. Lift it high. Lift it high. Quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lift it high. Lift it high. Boldly. Lift it. Lift it. Lift it. You're coming home this Christmas. 2022 is going to be different in Jesus' name. You're coming home this Christmas. The extravagant love of the Father is being sent to you right now. It's being sent to you through what the gospel, through the preaching of the word. That's what's happening right now. And the Bible is so clear that somehow, some way, the gospel, when you hear it in your heart, you say, yes, it rings true. Let's all put our hands on our hearts, especially with those who lifted your hand. If you lifted your hand and you didn't get a free booklet I wanna give you, it just helps you know a little bit more about the decision you made. And we love to help you take the next step after tonight. And so that booklet, you'll wanna keep your hand raised and they'll find their way to you, give that to you. There's also a card in that booklet that helps you know of a class that you can attend as we get into January. And that class is just a one-time experience, but they're gonna get together with you. It's an awesome group of people, and they're just gonna help you know how to take some, some steps in your relationship with the Lord. And so get a hold of that booklet. If you didn't get one, go to the Welcome Home area. They'll give you one. Let's all pray this together with those who lifted their hands. Again, that was a statement of faith. That was you saying, God, I need you in my life. All together, say, Jesus, thank you for your great love for me. It's extravagant. It's over the top. I know a lot about me. I didn't deserve that kind of love. You're kind of reckless in loving someone like me that much. But I'm coming home. I'm giving you my heart tonight. This Christmas, 
I'm giving you my life. I'm saying, God, I need you. I don't want to go one more step without you. So I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to give me a new beginning. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one more good hand clap together. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv slash dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.